0: Uh, how are we doing for how we doing for money to, to like to, to pay for the streamyard? Like I know the two sponsors that we got have helped.
1: Yeah, that's right? helped
0: for sure. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's Unsportsmanlike Convo. Ryan! And here
1: are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariati. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is January 5th, 2021. P-Dog is in the house waving his, his towel around, and he's got a towel terrible on his head. Pal. And it's terrible. It's terrible to say the least. <laughs> Look, you're happy. It's playoff time. NFL season has come to an end in the playoffs where the men are separated from the boys. Happens now, and your Steelers are in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, they <laughs> yeah, they're in the playoffs. They've been, unfortunately, they clinched super early, so they've lost a little momentum. And I thought they played well against Cleveland last week in a meaningless game for them. But they, they hung tight. Most of their starters played, other than Big Ben. So they got some reps. Um, you know, it's going to be a tough game, man. This just in, Cleveland, it's uh, Joel Betonio who's, who's been diagnosed with COVID. And uh, the other player, I believe, is um, – I think he's a defensive back. So they're, they're out for the game. Joel is a – he's an all-pro. And their coach is out, Brock. What do you think about that? Their coach won't be there. you think that will make a difference? Uh, it won't make a difference the,
1: the, on game day. It's the preparation and making sure that the guys are doing the right things throughout the week will be a bit of a – uh, a distraction maybe, or a little bit different. But the, the game time, game day, really, other than making a few decisions on whether or not you're going to go for it or, uh, yeah. or kick it, are kind of the what the head coach is going to be doing. Everything that they've done up to date is the interaction with the players. It's more from a coordinator standpoint, uh, position-specific uh, coaches that make adjustments during the game that are more valuable on the actual game day, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, you're totally right. Speaking of game day, we've got a great guest. we got to kick off our show with this guest. That's how excited we are to have him. we got him. Um, he's also got a big interview coming up later on on his show. So uh, without further ado, Brock, why don't we bring in our
2: guest. He could go all the way. Touchdown! 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 The Bills
3: make me wanna show. Kick your heels up and show. Throw your hands up and show. Throw your head back and
2: Come on now the Bills <laughs> Listen, are making it happen you can't be, be the only one waving a good old towel, baby. <laughs> on, you can. not You don't have the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty. <laughs> your
0: towel is a lot prettier than mine. But, yeah. uh, hey, man. Congrats, first of all, welcome to the show and congratulations. On, Buffalo Bills look unstoppable the
2: last month of the season. Yeah. We do look good. We do look good. I'm not, I can't, I, it's, it's somewhat surreal for us because we're, we're not used to nice things. We're not used <laughs> to it. Right. And uh, usually the nice things that we have usually come at the beginning of the season and then it just gets snatched away from us in Bill's fashion, but not this time. <laughs> not this, not time, this time. How long have you been waiting um, for this? Dude, a long time. No kidding. Time. It, it, it's been brewing. It's been brewing, but we just weren't ever sure. And now the, pop, the top is popped off, and it's it's almost you can't put the lid back on. man. I, th- I think I want to be I want to be able to believe that the lid is now all the way off, and now potential is just going to be skyrocketing, and we just can't be stopped. I'm hoping.
0: Before we get into too many details, uh, like really specific stuff, I want to ask you: uh, their offensive coordinator is Brian Dable. Okay, he's he's well sought after. You think yeah. he'll get a head coaching job. There's six or seven really good jobs out there. I, I won't include Jacksonville because I don't know if that's a really great job other than living in Florida. But uh, the, 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 there's some good jobs out there with teams that are just sort of, you know, hovering
2: on the cusp of playoffs and not playoffs. You think he gets a job? You know what, though? Honestly, it'd be, it'd be, I would be shocked if he doesn't get a job. I mean, if you've seen what he's done. His track record hasn't been great, right, uh, when it comes offensively. Uh, but he's worked on his craft, and he's he's a descendant of Bill Belichick and uh, and Saban. He's learned a lot along the way, and uh, he's had three years to really work with one quarterback, one system, and he's 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 found a way. And the players absolutely love him; they don't want him to leave. But he's gonna get a job. Now, where he goes is is, is the real question. The Jets, I cannot see him going to the Jets. I just can't. They they're they're still a mess. Chargers is an extremely attractive uh, destination. You've got a quarterback that's very similar to Josh Allen, mobile, big cannon of an arm, big time quarterback. And he, I mean, he's probably rookie of the year. Um, so that is a very um, interesting destination for him. He could go to Jacksonville because Jacksonville's got the number one pick. So he's got Justin Fields he can grab out. I think it's Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, I mean, at his disposal. It all depends. Does he stay in Buffalo? Highly doubtful. I think he's, he's, he's taking off. It's just a matter of who gives him the best, uh, I guess, destination. Does the,
1: res- does the results of this season affect whether or not he leaves? Like, is it, okay, if we win, he's for sure gone. If they get the Super Bowl and lose, is he like, you know what, I'm back because we need to finish this? Is there any
2: chance that he stays? Funny funny you mentioned that because that's, that's been my, my thought process. If he wins the whole thing, voila, he's gone. Uh, but if they lose in a fashion where you're like, oh, I can't just leave like this. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back, but I don't th- I think the writing is probably gonna be on the wall. He's gonna be sought after. They're gonna give him everything they can because they've seen what he's done with Josh Allen. I think that's the biggest thing because Josh Allen was considered oh, that guy's just a, he's raw, he's a bum, he's a bust. What are you guys doing? And then he went he made Josh Allen from potential bust to Pro Bowl contender for MVP. So <laughs> they're like, if you can do that with Josh Allen, you can do that with any other quarterback. But Josh Allen is just not the same he's not a, he's, he's a different cat uh, but does he leave I think chances are he he does leave
0: and Brock's mentioned this in the past when it comes to football teams and the ultimate team sport and you know we look at the, a coach like Mike Munchak who was next in line prop like should have been the offensive coordinator for the Steelers but you know they didn't they didn't end well he moves on their offense certainly from a running game perspective has gone right down the toilet so you you worry about that you know the bond that allen has with the with the, his his offensive coordinator now right. that's that's definitely something to keep on the radar because in this day and age of free agency it's hard to keep the band together for longer than a couple of years so you want to milk this for as long as you can i mean then there's then you got the patriots for 20 Absolutely. years uh-huh. but it, it, i think this is a i think this is actually something to look for look to uh, s- certainly analyze as the uh, as the off season approaches for the bills
2: you you will you will have to because let's let's not forget josh allen is still in his rookie deal um this is the window we've got this year and maybe next year and uh, pick up a player option uh, who knows but then once these players start getting pay- paid the band has to break up because you can't just keep everybody together so you've got a year another potentially another year window to make this happen so does he come back for one more year and then um go for a coaching opportunity We'll we'll soon find out. But uh, this is the window, man. We, we need it this year. This is the yeah. one. Up. So, look, you're
1: a very big Bills analyzer. What would yeah. be the biggest difference between the Buffalo Bills of the last couple of years and the Buffalo Bills this year? Why are they taking that next step?
2: Um, not that not that not everybody bought in. But we've got a, a great mixture of veteran leadership and some young, some young infusion into the team. But the real main reason that we are where we are is is two. or two things: the culture that McDermott has is, has put into this team. They truly believe in everything this man says, and it's it it's looking fantastic because they're believing in it. I've asked those players, "What is it about this year? What like what is it?" They're like, "Man, McDermott." It's something about him and what he tells us and what he what he puts in uh in the work and we see it and we have no choice. And and it just it's like a, uh the word I, I want to say is like it's uh they they really gravitate towards what he's doing. It's uh and it's permeated on, on to the whole team. And then Josh Allen taking his massive leap, that's the big difference right now. He's if you saw last year during that Texans game and they lost that heartbreaker and I'm still feeling the pain to this day but he was sitting on the bench and he was just dejected he was just in some and that was he was like never again never going to feel that again I'm going to work my tail off I'm going to get these guys all together and we're going to we're we're not going to be in the same position again one goal at a time and it was to win the division and that they did Tom Brady being gone may have something to do with it but Josh Allen's leap from year two to year three has been sensational and that is a big reason why uh, you see what's happening with the Bills right now.
0: The, their acquisition of Stephon Diggs, I think, might be this, the best acquisition a team has made in a long, long time. I mean, really, that, that that's propelled their offense from good to very, very, very good. Here's my thing with the Bills. Do they have enough on the ground? Like, we don't know what the weather's going to be like in Buffalo from day to day. If they host a playoff game, suddenly there's two feet of snow and the, the passing game becomes... Uh, an issue. Do they have enough on the ground? Do they have the tight end blocking? Do they have the fullback? Can they play both ways uh, on offense? That is
2: that has been uh, in my opinion, the issue uh, with this team uh, this year. Um, and the, I, wanna, I don't want to say the lack of talent at the running back position, because it's not a lack of talent. It just hasn't gelled the way that I feel like I felt that we should have. I mean, l- let's, let's talk about it. Devin Singletary had, uh wait, what, less than 12 games. I think he played 12 games last year. He had 775 yards rushing. Sharing the load with Frank Gore. Frank Gore had almost 600 yards. So I'm thinking, okay, Frank Gore's gone. This rookie had seven, almost 780 yards rushing. He's going to take the next step forward. And on top of that, we brought in Zach Moss. Oh, this should be a no-brainer. It just hasn't gelled. Now, the addition of Stephon Diggs has made the, the run game a uh, second fiddle. I don't really need to run the ball because I can just dart you guys all over the field and the lack of run ability. Um, we've substituted it with short attack slant here, receiver screen there, uh, a little dig route here. So if the, in the, the, in the old line has not been a hundred percent, we were without John Feliciano for the longest time. Then Mitch Morris was out for a little bit. It's been shuffling of the line uh, all year round. Only now have we been healthy. We'll potentially start to see some things happen. Um, but am I worried about the run game if, if it snows? No, because we brought a guy like Zach Moss in for these very reasons. So we'll find out. We haven't had that issue, but we'll find out.
0: I have a question for Brock. Then Brock, what makes a team a good running team? What, like the Chiefs, for example. That must be very hard to put to piece together an offensive line that can do both really well. Um do the bills uh, is it is it the bills l- line play that prevents them from committing to the run or is it like what Uh, What we just talked about with the short pass uh, working is a lot like the Steelers do. The Steelers do a lot of that stuff, the the, the slants. The Steelers do a lot
1: of that stuff. What do the Patriots make their bread and butter on for the last 15 years, whatever, was Brady's ability to hit those short passes. And that, again, I'll just build off what you were saying in terms of Josh Allen's development and his ability to do it and take those passes where initially he was – the guy who can throw 80 yards uh, sitting on the toilet. Like, the guy's arm strength was ridiculous. He wants to go deep all the time or run. And that was what kind of got him in trouble. Now he can make those those short passes, the, the good reads, the smart plays. And I think when you guys talk about the Bills in terms of running, if it's bad weather, I think, really, Josh hasn't run as much as he normally does this year because he's making the better reads. But he has right. that ability. So even if your run game is not there, if you spread everybody out with the receiving core that you have and then basically vacate the box into a five-on-five type situation, Josh Allen is lethal in that. And I think that that's where we'll, you'll end up seeing him sort of take over a game if you need to. But from a running standpoint, it's the cohesiveness of five to seven guys from an O-line to the tight ends all working right. together because it's really it's a, it's a synchronized Weapon that needs to be able to read in milliseconds and get up to that second level. And you need to have that cohesiveness from that unit. And if you're having injuries throughout the season, it's very difficult to get to that. And I think that's the biggest thing that hopefully the Bills are um, getting to a point now, right? sort of peaking at the best time going into yeah. the playoffs.
2: They, and they, they definitely are. One thing that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to j- jump into as well is the, the formation that we run. We don't have the speed let me put it this way. We don't have the speed to get outside, which then makes us somewhat, uh, I don't want to call it one dimensional, uh, but where it's a lot of inside zone running that we've been doing at a shotgun. Um, And we just don't have the speed to get outside to kind of now get this, this defense guessing. So what we've been doing is spreading them out. So if we spread you out and you guys want to, you want to not commit to containing Josh Allen, he will destroy you. So it makes it very difficult to defend the Bills team, although we don't, we're not a big running attack like, like Tennessee or, or the Colts that we're going to be facing. Um, but best believe, if you, if you sleep on us, we will die. I mean, listen, Against the New England Patriots, we ran for almost 300 yards. We had like 270 yards rushing. Uh, so it can happen. And the weather wasn't the most, it wasn't the most uh, sunshine and glitz. So we have the ability to run. It's just a matter of like, listen, pick your poison. We've been so successful throwing the ball. Nobody's been able to stop it. Why stop throwing? We're going to keep doing it.
0: That was um, their win on Sunday was one of the more impressive wins against a team who was playing for a playoff spot, playing for their playoff lives to light right. up 56 on the board. I mean, they their, their last four weeks have been really impressive, but this is the week where I really opened my eyes to like, oh, no, these guys are going to be a problem uh, for the entire AFC. Speaking of problem, they play the Colts this weekend. Right. Um, The Colts bring a strong defensive front, a really strong offensive line, and like you mentioned, a a hell of a run game. What are the keys for the Bills to
2: win this game before we talk about the keys for the Colts, uh, which you may, you may, may not have any? We, uh, the, first of all, before I get into that, did you see the big smile I had on my face when we when you talked about the Dolphins? We spanked the Dolphins. Oh, my God. I still have to laugh at that. I'm sorry for Dolphins fans watching. 56 points on the number one defense. <laughs> <laughs> my fault. Let me, no. let me bring it back. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Uh, their uniforms are the worst in the NFL. I'm listening, I'm listening, I have a few Dolphins friends, and uh, and some of them actually are in, are in, are in, in the Facebook group uh, that we're in right now, and they're listening to this. So I had to laugh at. But anyway, when it comes to the Colts, um, man, I, I'm, I'm afraid of Jonathan Taylor as much as I'm afraid of, uh, of Henry, right? But the last time we played the Tennessee Titans, and I'm only bringing this up for a reason, we played the Tennessee Titans, and we had him at 59 yards, 59 yards rushing. So when we want to commit to stopping the run, we can, and we have. Every big-time running back that we've faced this year, they haven't, they haven't succeeded like they have in the past. Now, when it comes to the Colts, how do we win this game? Put up points early. So it takes away Jonathan Taylor from running the rock, and we force noodle-arm Phillip Rivers <laughs> to give us the game, right? He, you know he doesn't do well in the playoffs. It's, 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 it's fact. So at the end of the day, this is what it comes down to. Light the boards up against the Colts, Make them one dimensional where they have to throw the ball, and Trey White will lock things down, and Matt Milano will be all over you guys, and Jerry Hughes and all our guys are just let pin the ears back and let the dogs go. That's how it's going to happen.
1: We got a comment from uh, Chris Couture, and now he doesn't come up as that, but uh, he right. made a, a pretty good point. Let's not forget that Josh Allen played his college games, his college career in Wyoming, which is. You know, a, a place that's notorious for snow and high winds and stuff. So he's going to be used to playing in, in inclement weather and Buffalo being no different than that. So hopefully, you know, he does have some experience in that when he brings it to and, the playoffs.
2: And, I, and I'll add to that because a lot of people were, were wondering um, what the bill, how the Bills were going to perform when we went up to play in Denver. And with the high altitudes and all of that nonsense, uh, guess what? Wyoming has higher altitude than in Denver. And you saw what we did to Denver. We lit the boards up with 48 points. I mean, it was a 50-burger or something of that nature. I can't remember. We just lightened everybody up. But the point <laughs> of the matter is this. Josh Allen, forget about, like, the, the, the inclement weather. This guy is just dialed in. It doesn't matter because the – the the, the uh, I guess the, the narrative was he's not accurate. He's trash. He's not accurate. 50% coming – 52% coming out – or 56% coming out of uh, Wyoming and then comes into the NFL. throwing the for – just not accurate then moves his accuracy up he's throwing for almost 70 percent completion percentage for crying out loud it wasn't a fact that he he just didn't have the talent now that you put the talent around him he's gonna excel uh, so uh i feel sorry i feel sorry for the guys that that are trying to face a josh allen that is so dialed in um that it just seems that de- it seems like destiny is is on our side and we might be able to take this whole thing man i don't know we'll see do
0: you want Do to you read have... the next comment that just gave?
1: <laughs> well, I threw it up there on the screen. It's uh, <laughs> I'm assuming it's, uh, well, it's it from a Dolphins fan. Please stop bashing <laughs> my poor Dolphins. Never. <laughs>
2: Never. We're going to whoop the Dolphins. Listen, the, Josh Allen is the Dolphins' daddy. Do you not understand? That's Marco me? Ramosi, FYI. Call, it, call him daddy. That's it, Dolphins fans. Y'all going to have to deal with this for another 10 years. I'm sorry. And Tua? Tua, Tua is a Tungabai. What's his last name? Vailoa. You mean turn the ball over? Tua turned the ball over? Listen, guys, I'm sorry, man. You guys might have to, you might have to be looking for a quarterback in the draft. I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll see. You know, it's, it's, uh, you joke, but some, yeah, somebody on our, on our UC page
0: brought that up and not convinced that Tua or Kyler Murray, for that matter, are, uh, are going to be uh, long-term solutions for their clubs. Just the way they play. They play hard, but they put themselves at risk just by the way they play. So those are interesting. Brock, Jonathan Taylor, that's your boy. You mentioned when he got drafted by the Colts, you were like, that's a nice pick, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, I mean, that really was a nice pick. And from his standpoint, I think he's super elated with the team he went to, because from a run-blocking standpoint, the Colts' offensive line is right up there with the top three. And they're nasty. That's exactly nasty. it. So from a running back standpoint, hell yeah, I'm happy to go to Indianapolis. I'm happy to go to a place that's in a dome. I'm happy yeah. to go to uh, a place where I have five, six really with their rotation monsters in front of me who are mean sons of bitches that, that are going to plow the way for me. So, yeah, I knew – I mean, we didn't get the chance to see him very much because he was in the West Coast in college, but um, I knew he was going to come in and, and really compete and and – bring something to their run game. And the, the O-line was already set up for it. They just needed a guy who had that kind of explosiveness.
2: I, I'm a huge fan of Taylor, man. When he was coming out, I was like, man, if he could drop to the Bills, I don't care <laughs> if we have – I mean, you saw who we took. We took Zach Moss. Yeah, which and, is not bad. It, if there was a way that we could grab Taylor, I, I would have been elated. But he is a beast. He is – and I'm surprised that it took him so long to like, get going. Uh, but Naeem Hines is doing an incredible job over there too, and that O line is a nasty O line. So that that's one worry that I have about this this uh, this Colts team is they run the ball well. They found their, their 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 joie de vivre in in running the ball. So we have to really be disciplined and and have gap integrity to take away these lanes and and offensively on the offensive side of the ball put the points on the board because if we keep it close, man, they're just going to try to kill the clock and have Josh Allen on the sideline. We can't have that.
0: And that's it. I don't, I don't think Philip Rivers has the the arm to, uh, to to bring a team back from down 10 or 15 or whatever. Uh, he just isn't, he's not mobile enough. Um, his arm strength has definitely lost a little bit of juice uh, just from what I've seen the last four or five weeks. He doesn't throw the deep ball that that well anymore. If right. he does, it's, the ball, it's, a, it's a bit of a duck. So I'm not concerned about about Philip Rivers and their and their passing attack so much. T.Y. Hilton is he is he still is he hurt
2: or is he just not? Are they just he, not using him? They he 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 was he was like he, he was in and out of the lineup because of uh, being hurt and so on and so forth. But he's he's now back in it, healthy, and uh, they've you've seen the uptick in the offense uh, with the Colts. And I know this because of fantasy, um, and I've been obviously paying attention to the Colts as of late, but. Uh, uh, Michael Pittman has come on a little bit yeah. you got when Scott Hilton's in, on. he's an
1: uptick for the rest of the offense, more yes. so than himself from a fantasy yeah, I, perspective. I agree. Yes,
2: I agree. Yeah, I, t- I definitely agree. And, and Michael Pittman is one that one person that uh, you just can't uh, sleep on. Uh, he's uh, he's up and coming. Uh, Phil Rivers just has went at like a couple games slate where he was just on the money dialed in with uh, with Pittman. Um, and Pascal and a few other guys, but this offense is coming along, man. I'm not. You cannot sleep on this offense, especially with Taylor uh, at the helm. But um, I think I'm confident in this uh, this this defense that we have. We're dialed in. So Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier have this team focused and zeroed in, and one game at a time. One game at a time, and we'll take away your best weapon. And right now, Taylor's their best weapon. So we got to make sure that we neutralize that threat and uh, take care of business.
1: I'd love to see you guys get to Phillip Rivers uh, multiple times throughout this game. He's one of my least favorite players, <laughs> period. <laughs> now, from a cold standpoint, I mean, they got uh, – that Paris Campbell was another guy who got hurt early in the season yeah, and I would like have him. been a real pay, huge right? help for them from the passing standpoint. For but, sure. again, if you guys can get lids on Rivers, that'll make my day. On top of everything else, I just want to see him get smoked.
0: We I, I, Sorry, ahead. I just – just one one X factor for me, and uh, ironically, we're talking about coaches. I really like Frank Reich. Like I've always liked him as a, as a as a backup quarterback, as a coordinator. He put in his time, and he, what he's doing it with a Colts team that let's hey man, they lost Andrew Luck, and everybody counted them out. They said this guy, this team's going to rebuild now. They're going to break it down. I mean, they're back in the playoffs after a year and a half without Andrew Luck. Pretty remarkable stuff. I mean, Jacoby Brissett, they ran with him last year. A couple of other Brian Hoyer for a couple of games. What he what he's doing at the quarterback position with his with his quarterbacks, uh, I think can't can't be understated. I mean, it's 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 great stuff what he's been doing, and uh, he he might be an X factor. I think he'll have his team ramped up. That AFC South man, those guys, other than Jacksonville, which is still a, a, a tough team. Doug Marone's yeah, teams are tough. Sure. Yep. They beat. Those guys know how to win, and they know how to win on the road. So I'm not trying to like, uh, you know, uh, burst your bubble or anything. I, what I'm just suggesting is that this Colts team—they're hardened. They got a hardened coach. Hey, greatest comeback in Buffalo Bills history, baby. Frank Reich. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, he, <laughs> knows, right. he knows the stadium. He knows yeah. the atmosphere.
2: I mean, he is legit an X factor in this thing. Uh, is, I mean, listen, the Colts—the Colts are a good team. They're well coached team. Uh, I might have to pump the brakes just a, a little bit uh, because I think they would have had, the, in my opinion, the same success with Jacoby Brissett. I was actually disappointed that they brought in Phillip Rivers over Jacoby Brissett. Um, and I really felt that that was, that was like it was unnecessary, but they wanted a veteran guy um, to lead the troops and maybe he brings something, an element that Jacoby doesn't. But Jacoby wasn't bad. I think he could have done, he would have had the same success um, that Philip Rivers had. But you know what? Um, Philip Rivers is there. I'd, I, I'm pleased to face Philip Rivers in the first round. I'd rather face him than face—not um, that we're scared of the Titans, but Titans f- facing them in the first round, or even facing the Ravens in the first round. So uh, let's take care of business first. I'm not counting my eggs ahead, but uh, we'll take a Philip Rivers before any anybody else, and that'll kind of get us into the into the playoff mojo and ready because we we feel that loss from last week last year. We felt it, and we're not trying to get out in the first round. We can't.
1: Actually, the Colts, I think, was a spot where Tom Brady was rumored to maybe be looking into at one point. And I thought that would have been a really good fit for him too, just because be of all the pieces. I mean, he's doing okay in Tampa, but um, the Colts have a lot of uh, a lot of things to be concerned about this week. I think the right. Bills should be able to handle them, but definitely don't overlook them into the next week, or they'll come back and surprise you somewhere. So hopefully, they get that done. Pep, do you have more questions for him? I know. That you got a big show, big interview coming up, so we don't want to take too much of your time. We got a couple more Appreciate things it. we want to go with, but yeah, uh, by all means, by all means. Pierre, do you have any more questions for him? Or you want to get into uh, our well, top five?
0: Yeah, yeah I, want, I mean, I want to ask him his thoughts on the other games, but maybe if, can you just pick winners, can we? If I, yes, yeah, do, we do want it. Ask, we want to ask you, Brockton, we're going to top five that we want to ask you about, but um, just so Cleveland at Pitt. Cleveland. Oh, God. And you know it.
2: I'm, I'm regretting this. Baltimore at Tennessee. Baltimore, Tennessee. Uh, oh, 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 that's a tough one, man. That is a tough one. That is super. Uh, you know what, though? Um, I'm going to give the edge to Baltimore uh, because they're red hot right now. They're red hot. Um, and I'm going to give them the edge. However, I would prefer Tennessee win the game. Uh, Cause I think matchup wise, I think we match up uh, a little better against Tennessee, even though we lost to them before, but scheduling and COVID and it just was, we were preparing for two teams at the same time, the chiefs and the Colts, the two teams we ironically lost to. Um, but I'll take Baltimore to win against Tennessee. You know, it's funny uh-
0: All these teams that I just mentioned have been playing playoff football for the last five, six weeks, maybe aside from Pittsburgh. But, like, Cleveland, every game for the last month has been, like, do or die. Baltimore, same thing. Tennessee and the Colts have been fighting for that playoff spot. So these are hardened teams. These are playoff teams. So I can't pick the Baltimore-Tennessee. That's a tough one. Um, Rams Rams at Seattle? Sorry, Brock. Uh,
1: I want to ask him, actually, do you think it was a mistake for Pittsburgh to not – Play Ben and play a game Absolutely. to put
2: the Browns out last week. Absolutely, and and I feel like that was that is why I'm picking Cleveland because they I like it. They they're so motivated. Eight, hey, we made the playoffs. They're not just like I, don't, I just want to make the playoffs and just be be done. The fact that now they got a taste of Steelers blood, they're going for more. And I don't think they believe in that. Roethlisberger is that guy, and I feel like they're that confident that they can take down. Um, the, the Steelers and their Steelers. I don't know what's happened to the run defense. The last couple, couple games have been a little off, and you, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, oh, those guys are problems, man. Well, so, we got, I mean, you guys got injuries, though. You guys got a couple yeah. of your linebackers that are out no, no, that's from arguably one
1: no. of the best cores, I think, in the league if you get everybody
0: healthy. Oh, yeah. Sure. But Bud Dupree, was losing him was like huge. losing Shazier. That was huge. It's easy. the same thing. He was a monster. Him and he was he was blowing up the edge. Like yeah, uh, and and he played the run really well. So losing him was like when he when we lost Bush, I said okay, you know what? He's a young guy, anyways. He'll yep. recover fully. Spillane came in, played pretty well. But yeah. when we lost yeah, Dupree, yeah. I said we're we're in a hot mess of trouble here. This is a big. That's a big deal. Now teams are keying in on Watt, and uh, you know the Tuit and uh, Hayward get a lot of run. There's not a lot of backups on Pittsburgh. So they're worn out. This is, I mean, they're worn out. Hayward was a week off last week. So they're going to be ready. They're going to be pumped. And Cleveland came into Pittsburgh a few weeks ago, and they got hammered. So, I mean, Pittsburgh will be up for this game. They make no mistake about it. It's going to be closer. Like you said, Cleveland's amped up. not just They just don't want to make it to the dance. They want to, you know, they want to...
2: I want to make and, some noise, though. and in no way am I saying it's going to be a blowout, it's going to be really close. And where yes. Steelers have the edge, I'm not sure what's happened to the run game, I'm hoping it gets back. I like Benny Snell, I like Connor. Um, and uh, I think Samuels, you guys think I think you have Samuel on your team, I'm not sure if he's still there or not, but yeah, um, but Deontay Johnson, I believe mm-hmm. you guys can take advantage of that secondary. That Cleveland secondary is not good, the, other than Ward, they don't have anybody that, Yeah. Who, there you go, so mm-hmm. Claypool. Johnson should have a, should have a big day, and it's it's all up to Ben Roethlisberger. If Ben can really like you know what I mean get his act together, and that that one week of rest really does it for him, uh, that's where you have a chance. But I feel like the energy is there. Baker wants to prove it real bad, and uh, if everybody's there, COVID related, and like this COVID thing, that's got thrown that's throwing things off now. Stefanski might not be able to coach, so well, so many things are, are a factor here.
0: And Pittsburgh on Pittsburgh side, Joe Hayden looks like he might he might not be able to play too. He tested positive. Uh, um, Rams Rams at Seattle. I'll, I'll give Seattle
2: the edge. I, I like Russ man. Let Russ cook. I like him. Yeah.
0: Tampa at Washington.
2: Yo man, I, I know, I know. I like Washington man. I like Washington. Hey, Tampa and minus eight and Tom a half. Ch- what was it? What was the, the rookie that was like? Yo, Tom Brady, he we wants- coming? I love it. And and Alex Smith playing gives them a very big opportunity. Gibson is a damn good back, and Tampa's defense is suspect. They are suspect. They're not as good as people may may want to give them credit for. And Tom Brady, you've you've seen Tom Brady have some good days and bad days, and we don't even know if Mike Evans is going to play. So Washington has an opportunity, and I believe it's in Washington.
1: It is in Washington.
2: There you go. Which is unfair, but it is what it is. I'll be shocked if Mike Evans plays. I'll be based on his hyperextended the
0: way he hyperextended that was disgusting. Um, and the Bears at New Orleans? Well, oh,
2: New Orleans. Uh, their whole
1: running back, back might be out, right? Their whole, uh, or at least Camara. Camara might be out, I think, for right.
2: this week. But because that game is on a Sunday, it pushes them just in time for them to come back. If they made it a Saturday, he's he's for sure out. But they the way they scheduled it, that one day gives him uh, the ability to be active for the game. The
1: NFL talks like they're not moving any games. Do I you know. think they will if it, if push comes to shove and like a an Aaron Rodgers is out or like a Pat Mahomes or something like that you think they're pushing those games
2: they say they don't want to and they say they won't so if you are if you get sick or you get caught with the covid or false negative or whatever the case is they say they're not moving they're not budging so it is what it is so you better yeah. bubble everybody up and keep them separated. <laughs> the Big Ten yeah. said
1: he needed six games to get in the championship, and they said that if you don't have six games, you can't get in the finals. And, well, Ohio State's in the championship game with the five-game five, uh, five game season. So, you Watch know, uh, when there's m- dollars and cents and stuff like that involved, people's minds change pretty darn quick.
2: <laughs> yes, they do. All right. Yes, they do. We
1: have uh, – the last thing we have is we want to do a top five – top five Buffalo Bill players of all time. There's going to be an intro, so you're going to have a little bit of a second to think about it. We're going to top five. Yeah, Mike, roll it.
2: My top five. All right, let's go. My top five.
0: Headlines with Brock and Pep.
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> yes, guy. Good job. All right. We got it. We eventually right, got, we it. got it. Right, Headlines are later. Right. We got it. Top five Buffalo, your Buffalo Bill, your favorite Buffalo Bills of all time. That's right. Got right,
2: it. Pep? Here we go. Number one, Stevie Johnson. All right. Stevie Johnson oh, yeah. is my number one. Love this guy. He he is what made people, he people to really respect Bills. Because at one point, in, in, people weren't respecting Bills whatsoever. But he was like, you know what? This is my team, man. So Stevie Johnson, Stevie Johnson, number one. Uh, number two, um I'm a I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Thurman Thomas. Thurman Thomas, that's my guy. Um so Marshawn Lynch, number three. Big yeah. fan of Marshawn Lynch when he was there. Um, you know what? I'm really, really starting to um love Josh Allen. Josh Allen four on my list. And because he's the new breed. He's the new breed. And fifth all time that i like that's that's been on this team um uh, you know what i'm a terrence terrence mcgee terrence really McGee. oh okay i right. terrence mcgee i'm a fan of terrence mcgee man terrence mcgee awesome. is my guy awesome yes sir <laughs> i was tough but I, I made it that was tough but i made it
0: i want to change my list now pep who's your list what do you got i'll give you my list real quick uh number one number sorry number five uh fred Smurless. Uh, only because he was one, he's one of the first football cards I ever owned. Okay. And I remember just his. he had that big mustache. Uh, number four, Bruce Smith. Uh, obviously. Number three, Jim Kelly. Uh, my first football jersey I ever owned. I'm surprised I'm not a Bills fan. The first football I know, right? jersey I ever owned was Jim Kelly. The, the, uh, the, the
2: wagon's full anyway, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, number two, Doug Flutie. I just loved that whole story, and I hated how it ended. Uh, and number one is uh, Cookie Gilchrist. Oh okay. Cookie right. Gilchrist. Played in the CFL, joined the Bills for 3 years only ran for 3000 yards. Yep. Um he even played kicker and uh he had 78 catches. So the guy dude did everything. Um, That's uh honorable honorable mention what and I don't say this uh, as a joke. It was the juice. Uh I I loved him on uh, MB, uh NFL on NBC as an analyst with yeah. uh Will McDonough and and Bob Costas.
2: And then all you know everything went to hell but uh, <laughs> Put aside the the controversy of OJ Simpson uh, with the non football uh, situations, right? <laughs> um, he's a charismatic individual. Like he, yeah, you you yeah. want to be around this guy, man. Even now, when he's on Twitter and his sign off and everything, they they love the man. He's that tro- guy. He so cares,
1: He's so charismatic. He can get away with murder. Like he is.
2: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that was good. But
0: we can. Ross, do you have a top five?
1: Yeah, and other than saying, like, the the team from the 90s to 94 type thing, um, honorable mentions Doug Flutie uh, because I love Doug Flutie when he was in the CFL. I wanted to see him do well. If it wasn't for Doug, I would probably still be – like a hardcore Bills fan, because if he didn't get pulled in that game for Rob Johnson, I wouldn't have spited the Bills and their ownership for so long. Uh, Another honorable mention, Ruben Brown and Jason Peters. Those are both two of my my favorite O-line guys And went. A lot of people don't know Jason Peters, who is the inevitable Hall of Famer at some point. Got his start as an undrafted free agent with Buffalo. As a tight end. Well, he got the right tackle and then flipped over to the left tackle. Right. But that's what they, they started seeing him, what he could do from an athletic standpoint. But then he yeah. finally got the job as a right tackle, moved in there, and then had a couple Pro Bowl seasons. So I uh, like them. But then uh, I would go my top five are uh, Pete Metzeler, the tight end for uh, number five. Hey, yeah. He was huge. Uh, Bruce Smith, number four. Number three was Thurman Thomas. Number two was Andre Reid. And number one was Jim Kelly. Those are my guys. I was an offensive guy. Uh, but can we get you back yeah look i am not (laughs) if there is anything that i am on from an nfl standpoint other than my florida gator players as they spread throughout the league kind of thing um you know the the bills still always have a soft spot i'm still very bitter about that whole scenario but come home i have (laughs) Come come home it's time it's time. <laughs> it might be. It might be. It's it's coming a beautiful home, thing to see. I'm
0: coming home.
1: <laughs> All right, man. We've taken plenty of your time. You only got a, like about 20, 25 minutes until your show starts and your interview right. starts. So we're going to make don't, sure that we're off at eight.
2: Krista, she has a comment.
1: Oh, what do we got?
2: My girl Krista's got a comment. Uh, is
1: this Krista? Mike's going to have to tell me who's what because we don't have the names that show up when we do this on our I gotcha. uh,
0: but, oh, Krista Blanco. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, is it Krista? Yeah, yeah. All right, that's, hey, that's Bruce my, Smith, seventy-eight. Obviously, right. she's she's a big, huge Bills fan. Her and her pops, yep. yeah, yep, yep, yep. I know, I know Krista well. <laughs> yeah, hey,
1: her, yeah, her father used to coach us. Her mom was my basketball coach in college.
2: No kidding. Uh, okay, in high school and well. whatever. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It's uh, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. A, a well, a well versed Bills family,
2: family. Right, and uh, we see each other. It's cool. I like that.
1: Although she married yeah, I mean, a Rams fan, so there's some know, discrepancy there in that household,
0: which is uh, <laughs> a little bit tougher. But Rico, you have a show. You, yeah.
2: you want to quickly, quickly plug your show before we send you off. We'll do. Okay, so it's the Buffalo Fanatics uh, on all social media platforms and, uh, and YouTube specifically. Uh, we have a show seven, seven days a week. We have a show every single day. I You can catch me on Tuesdays today. Uh, with uh, with either a player or we do uh, fan interactions and then back again on Friday and then a post game, uh, which will be on Saturday after the game. Those are the times where you want to come because it is lit. I become a different person um, <laughs> and uh, it's a good time. So and that's that's what it is, man. So follow myself uh, on Twitter, real Rico underscore BF. And other than that, man, it's Buffalo Fanatics on all social media platforms. You can't uh, you can't miss us.
1: Awesome, brother. We really appreciate you taking the time. This won't be the last time because I feel like Absolutely. we're going to have a few more weeks of the Bills 100%. making their their push. So we'll get your butt on here, and we'll 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 uh, we'll get you the next week. But sure. enjoy, it and have a great interview for those. When you're done listening to us, flip over that channel and watch it. I'll be right uh,
2: right there following along too. I, I appreciate it. Before good, I
0: leave. good luck, Bills.
2: Yes, yep. but good luck, and, and you know what, Steelers. Good luck to you as well. Um, I I spared Pierre today. I wanted to roast him when the Bills took them down. <laughs> on, uh, on primetime TV, but we'll talk about that another time. We'll yeah, talk about we'll. That another
1: time. We've got plenty of time for that. <laughs> uh,
2: there will right, be guys. a rematch, yeah. my friend. There'll be a rematch. Uh, okay, then. We'll wait for that. <laughs> we'll wait for it. All right, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. You guys are fantastic. And one of the days I'm going to bring you both on the Buffalo Fanatics. I, w- I would love for you guys to come on. Right oh, on, man. brother. You got it, man. All right. Take care. Take care.
1: All right. We got to pay hey. some bills, too, buddy. We do got to pay some bills.
0: You want to go first? Sure. Today's show is brought to you by Sophia Jeeves, wealth builder. She's the chick who knows how to make your money, make money. Fellas, get the girl, drive the car you've always wanted. Ladies, be the superstar you deserve to be. Buy the clothes you want to buy and rock that boardroom. Talk to the queen of finance herself by calling 613-818-1723
2: and do it today.
0: Beauty.
1: Uh for anybody out there who's looking to be a sponsor or interested just hit us up and we can uh work some out with you guys. We got some spots moving forward. All right. Um it, so action packed with him. We wanted to get as much stuff as we could in.
2: That's
1: uh, cool. Which was awesome. Um uh, we got to make sure we wrap up cuz I want to see his
0: interview and see how that goes.
1: For um, sure.
0: We got uh, we got some headlines though and uh, I think that's a cue for <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Headlines with Brock and Pep
1: <laughs> I think he did that one on purpose. I'm I sure feel he like he purpose. did that on purpose to uh.
0: uh before we talk about uh Ohio State and Al- Alabama and then the Heisman announcement tonight, I want to say uh, rest in peace to uh John Muckler who passed away today. Yeah. Uh I mean, you know. It never it's never easy no matter what age. And uh I remember Mucks coaching the Oilers to a Stanley Cup after they traded Gretz and he was instrumental in building those uh, championship contender teams in Ottawa. Um great hockey guy. You know 2021 has been uh, pretty crappy so far. We lost Casey Jones Boston Celtics great coach uh, through the 80s and player. I think he was part of 13 championships as a player and coach, which is crazy. And uh, Paul Westfall passed away as well, another uh, great NBA coach and player who was uh, who coached your boy, Barkley, um, in the finals there uh, against the Bulls. Was also part of the maybe one of the most incredible triple overtime playoff games as a player against the Celtics. Um, you Google that if you ever want to have a, a, a good watch. C- craziest game I've ever seen. So rest in peace to all those guys, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, Brock, the uh, finals are set we got the Ohio State Buckeyes, a game I actually watched, and they're going to play the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama did away with Notre Dame, as you predicted, and Ohio State beat, surprisingly to my, I mean, again, I'm not a huge college football guy, surprisingly handled Clemson pretty well. Uh, They handled them
1: extremely well. Um, They ran the ball extremely well. Justin Fields played extremely well. Uh, You know, I put money on the game. I I parlayed it with the Bama-Bama covered, no problem. I teased it down. But I teased Clemson down to like .5. Why I didn't just take Ohio State plus the points, because I knew it was going to be closer. But the problem was, is I really... (sighs) I overlooked the fact that Ohio State has such a chip on their shoulder moving forward with this game against Clemson. They have the video up in their locker room that's twenty four seven showing the score from last year's playoff game that they had lost some they had missed some opportunities down the red zone they got field goals instead of touchdowns this and that didn't play overly well uh ended up losing but then also the fact that Dabo Sweeney their head coach is is kind of downplaying their program in terms of they should be ranked 11th and there should be nobody in the top 10 who doesn't play at least six games or doesn't play a full slate, which, to his defense, I kind of agree. However, you have a team that is as skilled and deep as Ohio State to give them more bulletin board material and to kind of fire them up. Yep. University, like, these are kids, Kids are very emotional. There is no professional uh, understanding that, you know, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z when I'm out there. And, you know, this is a guy that I played with last year because I was traded and this kind of, like, camaraderie. In university, it's all about your school. And it's like, hey, it's us versus everybody. So when you give them that kind of fuel in a game, I'm not surprised whatsoever. Am I surprised of how much they won by? Yes. Am I surprised that... Um, how Justin feels through the ball in the second half after getting his ribs, you know, knocked in or whatever it is by, uh, Skalski. Yes. Um, you know, all these things I was surprised about, but ultimately I'm not shocked that Ohio state won. How's it going to fare for the next week? I don't know. Will they bring that chip against Alabama? I don't know. That being said too, uh, I believe it's on the cusp that this actual national championship game is going to be pushed for a week because mm-hmm. of COVID in the Ohio State uh, team. I don't know if is affected or not, but um, it looks like it's going to be pushed another the week. So um, a lot can change from there. Actually, this benefits Bama even more so because they're probably, they're arguably their number one receiver, um, Waddle, I guess is how you pronounce it, uh, who broke his ankle early in the season, who's been out all season, was slated to come back for the national championship game. He's finally back, but... Now we're adding him to Mechie, who's a kid from Ottawa, and then their Heisman front-runner right now in, in uh, Devontae Smith from a receiving standpoint. Like, Ohio State's not going to be able to keep up with those receivers, that's for sure. But I think Ohio State can really, can really run the ball and if fields is healthy, which is good for Ohio State for an extra week. Then you never know. Anything can happen in these games. Um, and Ohio State looked really good. Um, so I'm curious to see what happens. I'm excited for it. Now I've got an extra week to wait, though.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. I think, I think watching Ohio State and hearing that story, you know, they, they played, they laid it all out on the line. Can they duplicate that? Can they find that internal motivation uh, without the bulletin board stuff to beat a powerhouse like Alabama? I don't see it. But, um, you know, crazier things have happened. I was so impressed with Justin Fields, um, his grit. He made some really tough throws, like you know he he uh, he got some some balls into some really tight areas. Uh, in, in, <laughs> incredible play! So gonna be some creative editing at the end of this show, but <laughs> hey, yes, hey, he threw he, some, really he well.
1: throw <laughs> threw some really good deep balls to uh, well Olave. You know yeah. is a, a upper echelon receiver. The thing yeah. is, Alabama's secondary is. Much better than Clemson's.
0: Well, Pat is might be the best. Right. uh, He's not going to get
1: beat like that. Saban will not have that. Saban will also not feed into the bulletin board material as Dabo did. Like, Saban is a very, very intelligent man who knows how to play the game and knows how to get his team up without giving the other team anything and still showing them respect and whatever. So, uh, you know, Bama is just with Sabin at the helm is is just a whatever. I'm gonna say rolling whatever, but then I get yeah. comments from Couture of Roll Tide. <laughs> I get it. Roll tide. But well, listen. they're they're rolling. They're good.
0: Okay, well in in like uh, a minute or less, who's gonna win the Heisman tonight?
1: You know what? I have so actually I put money on Trevor Lawrence to win because he was like a five to one. I think Devontae Smith is the, the head. But I think Lawrence gets it because the Heisman voters The vote closed on December 24th. Right before that happened, it was the Clemson smoking Notre Dame with Trevor Lawrence back who had a very good game. The other one was Alabama-Florida, which, again, was a back-and-forth game. I think Trask actually looked really good in that game considering he has no run game support like they do in Alabama. You know, Devontae Smith had a pretty good game, but Najee Harris is the one who stood out in that sense. And then yeah. he probably overshadowed Mac Jones and Devontae Smith. So from a, uh, the fact that they just closed the voting at that point, I think that Lawrence might take it in, in this one. Now, I think Heisman should be done after the season, in which case after last week, I mean, Trask and Lawrence fall down to three and four, and you would have Smith probably at number one and Jones at two. But because of the 24th, I think Lawrence has a chance.
0: You heard it here. I I have no say in this. I did, I only watched the last couple of weeks. Uh, from what I saw, though, um, I mean, Smith is good. <laughs> Smith is Smith is a game changer kind of player. So if he's been playing like that all season, I mean, I would I would vote for him out of those guys. I didn't see enough of Trask. Mac Jones is blessed with a good running game and great O line. Well, and, that's the uh, same Trevor thing
1: Lawrence. with Smith, right? You have Smith who's a Heisman, you have a quarterback who's a Heisman throwing you the ball, and you have a running attack, that's a Heisman finalist running the ball.
0: it has to be a factor in in decision-making. You'd have
1: to, as opposed to a Trevor Lawrence where you say, okay, they literally lost to Notre Dame without him, and then they destroy Notre Dame the week after. Here's a little known fact, too, is that the historical bias of, uh, and um, I guess emphasis maybe, or whatever you want to call it, that Notre Dame has on the Heisman, Has is again a a historically tracked thing, and if you go through like the top 10, um not Heisman busts, but, like, uh, guys who got the Heisman who really shouldn't have got the Heisman, 40% yeah. of them are Notre Dame fans, are Notre Dame players who got the Heisman that shouldn't have got the Heisman because they didn't have as good. But Notre Dame has such a following and such a culture that those voters and stuff like that are are, are affected by it, are influenced by For it. Sure. So on the same respect, you have a Trevor Lawrence who is beating a Notre Dame if Notre Dame still has that sort of, clout or that fan stuff then i think that voters are going to also see it because he's playing notre dame so again just something else i think that maybe trevor lawrence squeaks it out this year um whether or not he should have but
0: well we'll see uh and we'll see if you're right and we'll call we'll talk about it on the next show raptors uh in two seconds or less they're in big trouble man they're one in five now they're and it's not a pretty one in five they've been up double digits in most of their games and they end up losing by double digits, um, they could be. They could come back home, quote unquote, um, at one in ten after their West Coast trip come uh, coming up. Uh, big issues in Toronto defensively. Um, I read a great article today about how they're having a hard time in Tampa. I mean, look, uh, they they have a few fans in their building, and yesterday, for example, they were t- the, some of those fans. Taco Fall played uh, university ball around the corner. So they were, they were chanting for his Central name. So this Florida. is your home crowd cheering for, cheering for the, the, the opposing team. Um, they're not enjoying their time in Tampa. They're actually having a hard time in it. They look fatigued. They look tired. They look like a team that's been uh, in a couple of deep playoff runs, which they actually have. I think we've overestimated their core. I'm guilty of that. Uh, I mean, pa- Pascal Siakam is, a, is very much a one-hand one dominant guy. I mean, I don't, you don't see him go left very much. It's all right-handed stuff. Teams have figured him out. He doesn't shoot the three ball well enough to really respect him to do it. Um, he's, he's a high character, high motor guy, but like he, he's the guy that they're counting on, and he just can't provide that. His offensive game can't provide that. Can he provide the hustle? Absolutely. Can he provide uh, the spark? Absolutely. Defensive presence? Sure. But is that the guy you want as your, as the face of your team, uh, you know, when you need a bucket, when it's you're you're down by two, and you, I, I don't think so. Freddie Van Vliet seems to be the wanting to take on that role. Have you watched a, a lot of the Raptors? Have you seen any of the other games, Brock? Uh, I watched a
1: bit last night because okay. I bet against them. Uh, for some reason, I saw the Celtics were underdogs by. Uh, at the time, Crazy. was 4.5 points, so Crazy. I doubled down with Canada and them, and, um, you know, the Raptors paid off for me, not on the score sheet and not in the record books in terms of wins and losses, which sucks. But I think, like, the Raptors' core, guys, like the real nucleus of the Raptors is being Van Vliet, Lowry, um, I guess, like, those two alone, to me, sort of create that inner core that makes everything else stick together. You just – they're both older. They both have families, you know, uh, older. They both have families, kids, that kind of stuff. They were just in the bubble. They were just away from their family for months on end. They went a long, deep playoff uh, run. Yep. And now they say, okay, you know, it's a shorter off season. We're going right back into it before Christmas, which sucks. And then you say, well, and actually, we're back down in another spot that we're probably in a hotel again. We're isolated. We're whatever. We're going right back to it. And I think there's got to be some aspect of, like, just being emotionally drained from being away from family and friends and normalcy. And, you know, because they're north of the border, they got to be down there. But other teams don't have that problem, Right.
0: Well, you no, know, and and Lowry said it today, I mean, uh, to just to elaborate on that, Lowry came out in the media today and said, we have zero swag. We have nothing to our game. Teams aren't afraid of us. They're coming in, and and this is a, a direct quote, they're coming into our building and saying, okay, time to eat. So they're, t- these teams see the Raptors as a team that's tired, that's played a lot, that's played in the bubble. They've been away from home. They're away from home again. And uh, when, I, when I think of the Raptors nucleus, I think of – uh, Van current nucleus right now because I don't see Lowry as the future. I think he's, you know, he's he's lost a bit of a no, step. I'm talking right now. Well. Yeah, right, right now I think their nucleus is Van Vliet, Og, Siakam, and Powell. I think they're they're going with that and Lowry wow. as part of that nucleus. Uh, immediate nucleus, yes, sure. But the the like thinking next year, it's those four guys that they view as their nucleus with Chris Boucher and I mean they're giving some of these guys a a test test run to see what they got. Terrence Davis got in some hot water in the offseason, so he's just starting to come around now. But the, I think I think I underestimated the loss of Ibaka. I think that the presence down low, the the shot blocking, the rebounding, the um, just the enforcer presence he brought. The, the, he's a big guy, muscle. I think they really, really missed that. They're being out rebounded like crazy. Teams are getting to the to the paint. Zero zero worries. Layups driving kicks. I mean, really, teams are having an offensive field day with the Raptors, and that's unlike them. They usually play pretty good defense. So there's something going on, Brock. I don't know if it's schematic. I don't know if it's fatigue. I don't know if it's what you mentioned. I think it's, it's a, a lot re- of stuff, and I think that when they get
1: home, I think you're going to see a bit of a rejuvenation from some of those guys like Lowry and Powell and Van Vliet of, of you know being back in their homes, around their family, their kids at the game, that kind of stuff. If we get to that point... Where it starts to to become normal to a point again, I think you're going to see them get rejuvenated at least that's what I would be feeling from their standpoint like it's got to be extremely tough to be uh just constantly gone and, and in a bubble and not you know getting the same uh, uh, freedoms as some of the other players and teams of seeing family all that kind of stuff and and you know that that weighs on you and I think it's just it's a matter of time they get home and they're just they gotta They got to navigate the waters right now and do their best to, uh, to fight through it and win a few games so they're not completely out of it when they get home.
0: Well, we got they got a tough stretch coming up there. They got to play at Phoenix, who's a really good team, and uh, I believe they've also have Portland on that schedule. Going up to Portland's never easy, so we'll see what happens there. World Juniors tonight, Brock. Nine thirty puck drop. I mean, I get it. I'm excited. I get it. It's late, but um, you know it's seven thirty in Edmonton or whatever the time changes. But yeah. Uh, that's late. I'm, I'm going to stay up. I'm excited. Team Canada, 18 titles since this tournament started in, in 39 years. Uh, twice they've gone uh, five in a row, which I didn't know. That's incredible. I was um, there for
1: the last one. The last one finished in Ottawa.
0: Yeah, and they're looking for, uh, they're going to go back-to-back this year if they win tonight, so um, I'm excited. Anything um, Cups jump out at you with this particular team? I mean, they have 19 draft <clears> picks. That's incredible. It's 19 incredible. 19 NHL draft picks on the squad. Anybody uh, like sort of stand out uh, in the games that you've watched?
1: I mean, Devin Levi, the goalie, has stood out to me. Um, it stood out to me, too, to the point where uh, he played every game, which normally in the round robin, especially the first couple of games, you got one guy starts one, maybe the next guy starts the next one, then they go back, and at least there's one game there of one of those layup games that somebody else yeah. gets a chance to play. And he played... Every minute, I think, as far as I have watched, and yep. uh, I mean, he's he's lived up to it. He's been very, very good. He's been better than advertised, I think, going into it. So he's been a real pleasure to watch. I think a point zero eight two goals against or something like that, and crazy nine fifty one save percentage. Uh, Dylan Cousins has stood out to me. He's just a guy that looks like a leader, and, and he and he's taken the reins after uh, Kirby Doc broke his wrist. Um, and he's played very well. But I think the biggest thing that really surprised me, like Canada's, you know, I historically I think of Adam Foote and uh, the Prongers and the, all those kind of like size defensemen where it's like, hey, we're bigger and we can pound you. Uh, again, another editing issue that I'll have to deal with. But uh, the Canada's defense this year is probably the best one that I've seen to date. The, the amount of... Uh, the way they skate and the puck movement and all that kind of stuff—I mean, that Drysdale kid on defense is phenomenal. But just the unit yeah. is in, is is really fun to watch. And no wonder Levi's playing awesome. He's got a
0: I very very say, strong defensive core. I was just gonna say he looks like a pro. Like he he's in a he's never out of position. He's big. He's uh, stable. He goes. He gets in the butterfly. There's no rebounds. Uh, and but a lot of that, like you say, is the the guys up front, the guys in front of him. Caden Gooley, is uh, the the draft pick for Montreal, has been throwing his weight around like crazy. He's awesome. Um, just wanted to, Jamie Bryan Hurd had uh, just sort of posted Billy Ranford. He wrote Billy Ranford. I'm guessing he's assuming to Muckler's team that won the Stanley Cup, they had moved on from Grant Fear and Billy Ranford was the goalie in uh, in there. Thank you, Billy. Yes, he sure was. Uh, Peter Klima was in that. Uh, he was a healthy scratch. Ended up scoring the winning goal against Boston. I don't know how I remember that, but I just do. That, that He had that Russian helmet. Um, Brock, oh. the, we, there's so, man, we have so much we want. The Heisman to Trophy okay.
1: has been awarded.
0: Uh, yeah, I am just going to say. And it
1: did go to Devontae Smith, who becomes the first wide receiver to win the Heisman Trophy since 91, which I believe was um, uh, Michigan- uh, Desmond Howard,
0: Desmond I Howard. I think he okay. was ninety-one. Uh,
1: Rocket Ishmael or Desmond Howard? Desmond Howard. I think it was Desmond Howard. Yeah. Um, but he claims they, it over <laughs> Florida's Kyle Trask. So Kyle Trask came in. If this is in order, second, and then it was Trevor Lawrence, and then teammate Mac Jones.
0: Uh, Smith looked good when I saw watching Smith last week. I'm like, this kid is, is kind of, one of those game changer types. So, uh, congratulations to Devonte Smith. Um, Oh, man, we uh, we got to pick one of these topics. Uh, let's go with the NHL. 56-game season, all-Canadian team or all-Canadian division. That likely means we're looking at every team playing each other six or seven times, or sorry, seven or eight times. You like it? Dislike like it? I like it.
1: Like, to be honest, I saw the schedule, and uh, it, it excites me in terms of how many times you're going to see teams play each other. And from a Canadian group and seeing just Canadian teams play, you know, we get back to maybe some some pretty good rivalries going.
0: I think what upsets me the most, though, is that we're going to see all, some Canadian teams not make the playoffs just because they're in the same division with each other. So, well, I guess I mean, what? We've it,
1: seen Canadian teams not make the playoffs when they're in diff- different divisions, and they've all not made it. <laughs> so, at least somebody's is going to make it this year. Oh, that's that,
0: yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. I really liked the chances of every Canadian team, though, this year. This is one year where I thought, okay, Ottawa might might make a jump. If Colin White can, you know, take that next step in his development, um, but no, we're not going to see that. We're going to see some teams in that division not make it. Actually, I don't though, even know but how those they teams, set up.
1: those teams like Ottawa that are, you know, when they're undermanned or whatever, or Toronto used to be like that. They would play each other, Toronto, Ottawa, and it was always a good game because they would get up for it. And now it's 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 basically a schedule full of those kind of games. So who knows? Maybe that plays into uh, Ottawa's favor may, or whatever team has, has the grit and kind of like a playoff-style hockey every time.
0: Well, and it, you know what? The fact that it's only 56 games, which leads, you know, the, it's that supports your theory of every game matters. I mean, every game will matter. Like, this is a big deal now. The 82 games, you could take a night off or two. 56 games, not so much. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm excited. NFL just announced their Hall of Fame finalists for 2021. We've got Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne, Jared Allen, uh, Megatron, Leroy Butler, who I'm surprised isn't in yet, and Charles Woodson, who I thought was in already. No, he. Uh, this is okay. his
1: first time, I think. Okay, Charles Woodson, okay,
0: interesting. Yeah, he was well, in Green
1: Bay not that long ago.
0: I guess so, yeah. I feel like he's been out for a few years. But anyway, well, uh, congratulations to those guys. Um, you know, I, I, Peyton Manning I, has to be a first ballot. I mean, what?
1: There's a few first ballots on there, Charles Woodson, yeah. Payne Manning being two of them.
0: Pretty remarkable stuff. Uh, I mean, I there's some head coaching jobs, Brock, I want to bring up. the looks like the Jets, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Chargers, Houston Texans, Falcons, and Lions uh, all are looking for head coaches. What's the best job out of those teams? Uh, the Chargers, I think. Yeah, just because of Herbert and the, the system or... Herbert, the,
1: the new stadium, the uniforms, the weather, the all that stuff. <laughs> I think that's why. Urban Meyer is out there interviewing for it, I think, too. So, um, yeah, that's a fairly good place to be.
0: You know, we, we're we're running out of time. I was going to talk Jays. We'll bring that up. They offered Springer five years under 150. He wants more than 150. Yes, we'll I'll be disappointed the if they show. don't get him. Continue. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about the Blue Jays more with with Mike. Actually, we'll get Mike on and have him join us in the, the Blue the Blue Jays talk. Um, I that's it. That's all I got, Brock. Unless you want you got anything more you want to add to this beautiful show? Uh, no, but uh, we do have a sponsor for today's show
1: and um, Sophia Jeeves Wealth Builder. If you want your money to make more money you got to call Sophia Jeeves, Wealth Builder. Call her at 613-818-1723, Jeeves. that's G-E-E-V-E-S, at gmail.com. Um, and she will help guide you in the right direction and help your money make money for you. Um, Sophia, we'd like to thank you for your sponsorship um if anybody is looking to uh, get some advertising on the show uh by all means reach out to us on sportsmanlikeconvo at gmail.com uh pierre and i can uh, discuss that with you uh if anybody's looking for any swag i got a couple of hats still here but also if you're looking for anything specific custom sweaters hats uh you name it pants um, you can either reach out to us or reach out to Steve at sales at megacitypromotions.com. He can get you your size, style, color, whatever you want. It's almost too many choices, so maybe that's what's scaring some people, but if you guys are looking for basic, he's got some of the mock-ups that are, um, that are based there, but uh, phenomenal gear. Um, other than that, I think that's about it.
0: You got anything yep. else, Pep? That's it, man. It's the best fo- best weekend of football coming up. Wild card weekend is always the best. The championship weekends are pretty good too, but this is usually the best football. Um, so enjoy it and uh, go Steelers, go Bills, go Washington. I'm too, I'm going for the Bunderdog, man. Go Washington. Oh yeah, I'm going for Washington. I, I love Heart. Ron Rivera. Can't survive cancer this year. I'm going for Washington. Yeah, right on. We're going out to
1: uh, a Bills song. It's uh, the Bills AFC East Champs. Josh Allen is the song called. I don't even know who sings it, but I got it on YouTube.
3: They said to take it now, we took another route Deuces to the drought Play through all the doubters, finger pointing and laughing The ones that was talking that trash are the same one Circling wagons, we ain't having it Dominate divisions ever since we put the L in it Knocks the competition out the stadium like hammer fist Stephon digs a grave and he pays respects to the cornerbacks that can't cover quickness, then he catches it in 1995 to 2020, break the streak Kept the faith in every season for the team, cause I believe Taught me no matter how many times you're down, do not accept defeat you got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen, yeah. What? You got me feeling like I'm Josh. Okay. 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 You got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen, yeah. Josh. Yeah. Got me like him. Who? Josh. Yeah. Josh. Yeah. Succeed the most in the freezing cold. Break yeah. a couple tables in a parking lot with sleet and snow. Yeah. Put the work in with Sean McDermott, the worthy coach. Y'all can get the hands like a Wilson ball when it's easily thrown. Yeah. G- That's so many yards to the point we ownin' property. Yeah. I remember haters talking foolish with their gossiping. What they don't want it with Buffalo. Cause yeah. when the winter storm hits, they'll be stuck with nowhere to go. Let's Whoa. play Micah hide and seek. We'll find a weak up on the field to hiking wheel. At least the likes of trade white and Evans, uh-huh. all kinds of D. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the driver's seat is single Terry, yeah. he's bring to carry the ball through the plane. Embarrassed, these adversaries prepared to be victimized. We gave New England Pats upon bond back. Told New York to jet, they left the scene and packed the bags. Went fishing for some dolphins, left them up upon the sand. AFC East champs, you got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen. Yeah. What? You got me feeling like I'm Josh. Okay, okay, okay. You got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh. Like who josh yeah
0: josh allen